When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lesson of sports. Ray, how you doing? Doc, first of all, how you doing, man? I heard about your back, man. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I tried to do this just stupid NFL Legends workout (laughs) the other day, and I can't move my back. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> I had taken I had taken weeks off, and then I thought, oh, I'm just going to start right into Ray's workout. And that was the dumbest thing I could have done. Doc, Doc, in all my years of training, I never heard somebody say it. I can't feel my back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't move my back. <laughs> I, was, I was in prison all day, and I'm like walking through the prison like, man, I got this perfect posture. And that's just because I couldn't, I couldn't move. <laughs> no good to connect bro good to connect man yes definitely <laughs> listen we have a fun show lined up for you today we are going to uh ray and i are going to talk about some things several people have been asking questions and they want to know there's some things they just want to know from you and this is awesome because in this podcast we have an opportunity uh for you the listener to reach out and ask anything you want to know so anyway, uh, one of the questions that I, I got today, Ray, I'm just going to fire some questions at you. But the first one is, um, what do you see um, are some of the big differences between the NFL from the start of your career in 1996 until the end of your career? Wow, man, that's a that's a that's a great question. You know, I tell you what, Doc, I tell you the biggest difference, man, is when I came in the game. I was so caught off guard by being around and being in, in the same league as Reggie White's, Dan Marino's, and Bruce Smith's, and Dale Carter's, and, 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 and oh my, Derek Thomas's, and Junior Seau's, and, and man, and these men. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at men that was dead serious about their business. You know, and so when I came in, I wanted to see, like, how do you get in that? You know, you this young kid off the block, you coming out of college. How do you get in that? And I think the biggest difference now is when I asked that question back then, how did I get in, Doc? Now that I see, I'm like, I wish some of these kids will understand that that people are always watching them. And if they understand that men carry themselves a certain way i think that's just the biggest difference man and you know because we're drafting kids so early now right and you're 18 19 20 21 but you ain't even you haven't even came close to understanding what manhood is you know until you get to 25 26 27 really 30 you right yeah man really understand it bro and i think that's like the biggest difference of of seeing these peep men go to battle 
And and when I came up and I was like, oh, my gosh, can I compete with these men, with their mentality, with right, their right. wisdom, with all of these things? Like, And I think that's the biggest difference now, right, uh, is that um, the, the whole point is back then I think there was a richness of the, the forefathers who came before us to set this game. And now, you know, the game is going so fast and guys are being drafted so early and stuff. I just think – you know, the manhood side of it, you know, it's not at the forefront. And, and, and at one time, it, it, it really was. Well, then in a sense, I wonder, is it, and, and I think this is from a regular NFL fan, is it as tough as it was? Because to me, I mean, there were some games that, you know, and especially the early part of your career and in the 70s and the 80s and in the early part of your career where they, it seemed like it was just like a war, like just, you know, you'd see blood. I mean, it was just... It just see, and that, you know what, Doc? That's so good. And see, and that's what I'm saying. So I want everybody to really understand that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is that it is the risk was so much greater back then. It was it was like anything went. Yes. Right. Because you knew you were dealing with somebody, and you were <laughs> saying, "Listen, you know, you, you know, Ronnie Lott is one of the best things ever." Right. Right. He, he, you know, his finger gets cuts off, almost hanging off. And, you know, he says, cut it off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it was the richness of of that, of, of, of blood, sweat, and tears. And, you know, the game has changed so much now. The game is stopping every other second. Yes. You know, um, you know I, know, I know we're paying attention to the head issues and, the tra- you know, all the things that people are going to. And, listen, I applaud them for really trying to do that. But... But you're talking about a game that's led by the head, right? And, right. And, and yeah, and so no matter what, you will never take that out unless you want to remove face masks again, right? And then you're going <laughs> to re- lose half of your freaking fan base as well. That, um, that's true. Yeah. But, but yeah. You, you made a really good point, and that is about the development. So the human brain doesn't fully form until about 25, maybe even 27 years old. So you're talking about late 20s where your brain is actually fully developed. So I really love the way you phrase that as like you're not – it was a game of men. And we think about it in terms of quarterbacks. Like uh, when, when, when Jared Joffs uh, drafted, they're thinking about sitting him or whatever, and I don't know what's going on with that situation or what's going to unfold. But what's interesting is quarterbacks used to sit for years underneath whoever was there when they got drafted. Now they're expected to play as soon as they get in the league. Yeah, but see, and, 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 and you think about why. Because it's 100% talent. Mm. That's it. That's it. If I can run fast, if I can right. throw a football. But some of these kids, they need development. Everybody will not just come out and be ready for the National Football League. Right. It's just it's simple, bro. And and that and that's the and that's the growing pains that I think doesn't exist anymore. You know, because now you know it's it's you get in there right now, do your thing, and just survive. Right. But but there's so much bad that happens with that than good. Mm-hmm. You know, like because the, the the ones who can adjust to that, you see them. They stick out like sore thumbs. You know, you think about you think about Dak Prescott right now. Yes. Um, you know, just what this kid is doing and his maturity. But I watched him in Mississippi State and just how mature he is playing the game. I tell you something else. Um, now, 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 let me give credit to something that I think needs to get credit to. I'm watching the game last night. The Arizona Cardinals playing the Seattle Seahawks. And when I tell you 
that game reminded me of men dealing with men. Yeah. Oh, bro, listen, it was one of the greatest games that, that showed the essence of two great teams figuring out who makes the one mistake. Yeah. Who misses the one tackle? Who is not in the right alignment? Not, not all of these outside antics and all of this other stuff that, you know, these younger kids is bringing into the game. I'm talking about between the whistle, get me, I got to get it. You know, and, and, and yeah, man, it was it was beautiful, bro. Well, what, beautiful. what's really, I think what's really fascinating is because you know defense the way you know it, and I think as an average NFL fan, like there is so much that we all need as average NFL fans to learn about defense, which is why like being able to have this outlet for you to teach teach us some of those things is great. Because if you saw on Twitter about that game, it was like, oh, this is so slow. I can't believe this is so boring. But yet you know the nuances of the defense. And that's why I was like, this is cool. Because watching you like even text about like, man, I'm pumped up about this because you're watching the defense. You see it differently than the average fan sees it. Well, well, well. Let me say it this way, and I and I know you guys said that I understand defense, but if you really understand what I understand better than defense is offense, mm. because that's what I studied the most, right? <laughs> yeah, defense is what I played, so that was that's my given that I'm supposed to know that. But it was everything else on the offensive side of the ball, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you watch where these matchups was coming at. Um, um, young boy number 14 uh, receiver God I can't call his name for Arizona he made a play the other night um, on Richard Sherman and the one big play you miss that tackle he's out the gate mm. he's out the gate and, and and then you come back and Rich uh, uh, Sherman comes down the line and Larry Fitzgerald on a third down and I'm telling you bro a lot of people ask me this do I miss the game do I miss the game I'm going to tell you the only time I think I ever miss the game is when I watch Richard Sherman make a play the other night and on third down on Larry Fitzgerald and he got up and soon as he tackled Fitzgerald, he stood up and put his fist straight in the air and I'm, I'm sure he screamed fourth down and, that was and see, and that was my thing when I used to tell people, when I used to look at down the distance saying, okay, third down and eight, I can't give up no more than eight. And if I get him down anywhere before eight, I win. And when I, every time I used to do a doc, I used to tell people, get off the field. Nobody got time to be playing with y'all out here, man. Uh, I love it. But that's, you know what, listen, that's, that leads into one of the questions that we, that we got asked uh, for you, which came from a, a young man who's studying sports psychology. And he said, we hear a lot about self-talk. And he said, one thing I would love to learn from Ray is, was there a specific word or phrase that you would kind of say to yourself before you like launched in and hit somebody before you had that contact? Was there any, just, just as a student of the mind, he wanted to know like what's going through your mind when it, before you hit somebody. So, you know, you know, it was funny and, and, and man, this is, this is crazy now. I don't want people to think I'm crazy. <laughs> Because I'm not crazy. <laughs> and even if you are, one of your close friends is a uh, psychologist, so you're good. <laughs> Help me out, Doc. I need prayer. Just give me something. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? I tell you, man, honestly, um, I always, and this is crazy, but you, it's one word that always came to my head when I was playing. And 
it was it was simple it was effort mm. like it was not this i didn't have to create nothing else in my mind that's what i think made my job and made me appreciate it so much is because the only word i had when i got back and i'm watching them get ready to snap that ball is saying i don't give a damn where that ball goes you get there and with everything you got and forget what happens just be at the party yes just show up at the party every time and that's what i think really it relieved me from playing the game i didn't i didn't have to stress about oh what they doing and what's what's going on here once i saw the formation once i saw what they were in and kind of had a sense of where they were going with the football oh my gosh the only thing i'm saying is effort 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 mm-hmm. don't be caught on don't be caught on tape not going 100 speed don't be caught on tape going on 100 speed yeah, man. But that's so, huge I think- because effort and don't be caught on tape with that because you were aware that people were always watching. Like, you, you play the game and, okay, I'm at practice every day of the week and now I'm at the game and I've been in this many games for 17 years. But for some young little boy out there watching you, that's his first and maybe only time he'd ever get to an NFL game. And that might be the only play he ever, you know, only only game he ever sees. Bro, it was the one thing that I think almost the way it started back in University of Miami, of course. But I think in the, in, in the NFL, i never forget, we played the San Diego Chargers, I want to say, in 1998. And Eric Metcalf mm. called, a, called a slant pass. And everybody knew how fast Eric Metcalf was. Yes. And I was backside of Eric Metcalf. And he took off and broke for 73 yards, Doc. Mm. Doc, let me tell you something. I'm my third year in the league. For me to catch Eric Metcalf, <laughs> it was not based off who was the fastest. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> because I will lose that race ten times out of one. I'm gonna lose that race. I'm gonna lose that race. But when I when I saw him take off, I said to myself in my head, like I always said, go, go, go. Just go. I'm like, man, I'm running full speed. You'll see me galloping. I'm galloping. I'm like, I'm coming. I'm not going to stop no matter what. And when I got to the end, I grabbed him by his collar. And that's when horse collar wasn't in. You know, you really <laughs> football. Um, <laughs> but I grabbed him by his collar. And i never forget the next play, they threw the ball. And Antonio Langham, who was the cornerback at the time, he picked it off. And he came to the sideline, and him and Marvin Lewis said the same thing almost at the same time. He said, we don't make that play if you don't run Metcalf down. Wow. And I said to myself, I said, oh, my gosh, they're accepting me into being that guy by simply hustling. Wow. Not not this crazy thing that I had to be 6'9", I purely hustled. Purely and hustled. So, and, 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 it's, and it's never left me. It's never left me. It's phenomenal. This is one of the most fun shows you're going to listen to. This is just fantastic. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, you're going to get more questions inside the mind of Ray Lewis and some of the most fun stuff you can learn about football. All right, man, we are back. Listen to this. Uh, that, that go, go, go like that, that just that idea of effort constantly being in your mind is huge because that's actually, 
it, it leads into um, it, it leads into my next question, which we got from a fan, and that was this. Do you, mm-hmm. as you sit back and watch the NFL today, a lot of times people like are quick to compare somebody who has a good year, a good game to a legend. Um, but in your mind, is there really is there anybody that you look out in the game today and you say, I can see a young Ray in that guy? You know what, man? I'm gonna tell you this, and I, I say this all the time. You know, I don't. I, I used when I, even when I was younger, I used to always look at myself a little bit different when I heard people say, you know, this guy, you know, is like Junior Seau. You know, like, he plays with intensity, Junior Seau. Lord rest in peace. And I'm saying to myself, have you really studied him? Like, Mm -hmm. do you know how, do you know how hard he goes at the freaking ball? Right? And I'm like, hmm, so you really think I go, like, that hard? Like, at the game? Mm. Like, 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 nah, Doc. You like, you gotta understand this because this, this is something that I think, like, like, just think about the question, you know. And yeah. it's like, yeah. So, so say the question again, so people understand what I'm trying to tell them. So, so I can the show question you is: Is there anyone in the game that you would see today that you could mm-hmm. say, yeah, that's a young, that's a young me, that's a young Ray Lewis out there? Yeah, I wouldn't put that pressure on nobody. Okay. Hmm. I like that answer, though. Yeah, because talent, because when you see the game, it ain't based off talent. Yeah. Like, when you see someone go, you know, the closest, one of the closest people, if I was to put a person in it, you know, the closest persons, I think, honestly, just off the top of my head, probably Cam Chancellor and probably Earl Thomas. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and I'm just telling you purely from why they played the game. No, no disrespect. I mean, I love so many other kids. I'm I'm a huge fan of Navarro Bowman. I'm a huge fan of of, of Thomas Davis. You know, I'm a huge fan of, of, of Keekley on on how he can get to the football and 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 just you know dissect and all of these things, man. But when you watch the essence of what the linebacker position was once once talked about it was the most feared thing you ever wanted to deal with in sports Mm -hmm. and so that's when you talk about you know when I came around I said I started watching the the the, the knockout hits and the say owls knocking people out man and the singletaries stepping in holes and I said that's what a linebacker is supposed to do right there yes forget everything else if you come in my territory, I promise you, I'm gonna make you feel me for the rest of your life. And I saw that I saw you had something on uh, Instagram uh, just recently about one of your hits on the guy from the Jets, um, and it was phenomenal. It was one of those like you full speed launched and tackled him perfectly. It wasn't helmet to helmet; it was just launching through the guy. Um, I can't remember who the guy was. It was I'm, I'm 99 percent sure it's for the Jets. 
um, it, it had been a play from a, at some point. But one of the things that I think people don't out there understand, um, I got to hold the pads with you just messing around and us in street clothes and you just showing me how you hit with your full body and the way you hit from legs. Like I remember you telling me like a hit starts with your legs. Like that's what it's all legs. And anybody who's ever like tap you on the thigh, your thighs are rocks, but you would launch into somebody and hit. And you talk about men hitting men. Like, yeah, I don't know. You destroyed that that guy. (laughs) At tight end, you're talking about with Dustin Keller. (laughs) I had, I had watched that play. For so long before we got ready to play them. And this is when, you know, this is when Rex Ryan came out talking about he had this young kid named the Terminator that was supposed to deal with me on Monday night, this fullback. And I'm saying, man, you can't send a kid to a war with a grizzly. (laughs) That's not a good fight. That's not a good fight. And I watched this play, and we had just put in a defense, man, where I was kind of roaming as a free safety. And I watched Dustin Keller do that angle route. And I'm telling you, I put, I locked both legs in the ground because I believe if your foundation, this is what linebackers should understand, if your foundation is firm, you, if your legs are planted, when you hit somebody and you launch into them, man, you're going to rarely lose battles as a linebacker. Because that core, because once you lock in that core, you put both feet in that ground and you just freaking go, they feel you a totally different way. <laughs> Definitely it's just a regular football game. <laughs> I, well, let me just tell you, the day that um, you were just even showing me how that happens, <laughs> how that happens, I remember, I'll never forget, we were sitting in the dressing room afterward and you were like, why are you taking Advil, Doc? And I said, have you ever been hit by Ray Lewis? <laughs> you have never been hit by Ray Lewis, so you don't know what that feels like. Uh, my body shook from all over. I was hurting. And here I am yeah, again today, still hurting from <laughs> But what you just said right there, I want to I pull in all our listeners because not just yeah. in football. One of the things you just said, if your foundation is firm, you're rarely going to so. lose those battles. And yeah. that applies to everything in life. If your foundation Everything. is firm, yes, you are rarely going to lose these battles. You know, I think when we talk about approaching your life with intentionality, when you say, the other day when I was lifting, I was struggling for some motivation, so I turned on some YouTube. I know I could have just called you for this, but I was listening to one of your tapes on YouTube where you say effort is between you and you. And if you knew me, like it was, it's something to the effect of like, yes, if you knew me yesterday, you don't know me today because now I'm a different creature. Like get out there now. And show them who you're going to be now, and I love that. Um, that had me fired up because um, of the because of the foundation of life mm. is stability. It's it's the number one thing that if you balance life out now now you know what people are afraid of. People are afraid because we're trying to live a perfect life. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as perfect. You're yeah. gonna make mistakes. You're gonna go through things. But when you have your foundation. That you understand that I'm okay, no matter what I may find myself going through. At the end of the day, I'm going to be okay because my foundation, my relationships, my mind, my spirit, my my will, my effort, my my my, my, my motivations, my, my, all of these things, mm. they 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 begin to inspire you to to say, you know what? 
life did throw some crazy stuff at me. And yeah, I found myself in some stupid stuff. And yeah, I've done some ignorant things. But man, if I can pick myself up, if, 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 if I can see myself just one more time, get back up. And that's how I played the game, Doc. I played the game saying, I don't care about winning every battle. But you don't show. You won't beat me in majority of them. You won't beat me in majority of them. Yeah, and, and most of the times yes. that I always got knocked off the block because I have lost some battles, my bat- my foundation was not in place. Yeah. Well, well, and, and one of the questions that we got was, how did you, what was your mindset whenever you, if you lost a big game? If there was a, or if, if a big play, like how do you get your mind reset for the next play if you lost a big play or if your mind, and what I'm hearing you say is about that foundation. Um, so maybe you could talk just a little bit about that foundation in terms of how to bounce back because maybe, maybe somebody out there listening never stepped on a football field, but maybe you're at work and you just tried to turn something into the boss and the boss didn't accept it. Maybe you just tried to turn in your writing to, to a publisher and the publisher rejected it. So you get Mm. hit with something. Now, what's that mindset, that effort, um, that, that mindset whenever you bounce back? Listen, Doc, I I truly believe the foundation of getting over a bad play is the next play. Mm. It's just like life. It's like life, bro. You can't you can't stay stuck in this place. That's one thing about the game. The game gave 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 me an opportunity to realize you can't even dwell on the last play because the next play comes too quick. Mm-hmm. So what do you think life is? Life is about the foundation. Realistically, if you want to, fi- if you want to really strengthen yourself on an everyday basis, don't worry about changing nobody else. Just find ways to make yourself better first. Mm-hmm. Because if you're ever, t- if you're, if if you're able to make yourself better, there's something that happens when you find yourself in the midst of conflict or a battle. Yeah, and we, and you know what that is? It's self assurance. Yeah. It's that I know I've been here before and I understand exactly what this feels like, but I know how to get myself out of it. And sometimes in life, that's why you got that. That's why if the foundation is shaky, if it's built on sand, if a hard storm come by, it's going it's going to get blown, it's going to get blown away. Mm. But if it's built on the right cement and the right bricks and the right and then it stays. And, and then you say, look at what survived. In the midst of a storm. Yes. Right? And that's what I think. And that's why I think, you know, the game taught me next play. Life is next play. Next play. Yeah. I love that because, um, you know, the reality is when we align our expectations with reality, not everything's mm-hmm. going to go our way. You can set yourself up for success as much as possible, but you can't control all the variables. You can't control everything that's going to come your way. But as you say, as if your foundation's strong, you know, I kind of can't get my mind off. I love the way you were chasing Eric Metcalf and you're saying, go, 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 just go. Like, and that phrase, be there, like, just be there, show up. Life's not always going to go your way but when you show up when you're there uh then you can face the next play regardless of whatever happened in the past um yeah. it's, it's it's huge it's huge and we got more really great questions coming up after this short break all right we're back and uh now we got a, a really good question and this comes um from me because i don't want to 
lose my question in here. This is something I've been meaning to ask you, and I figured, why don't I just ask you on the podcast? Um, so what do you think um, of offenses getting the ball on the 25 now? That just seems to me that, like, if you're on defense, you're like, are you kidding me? You just gave him five more yards? Look, I don't. I, I hope fans don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of things we be doing, man, to 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 change the game, it don't benefit defenses at all. Hmm. You know, like everything is. You know, like Doc, I've never heard that we're able to create, and I get it. I I, I want the league to know I'm. I represent the league with everything, man, because that's the league taught me too much. So I get it. But I just think when you think about the kids and young men that have to play in today's time, and when you think about a defenseless player rule, and when you think about a tuck rule, and when you think about quarterbacks losing the ball, and now you got to look at it. If, is it totally going forward? And this is really, if it's in his freaking hand and I knock it out without <laughs> him wanting it to be knocked out, that's a freaking fumble. <laughs> It'll, it'll never change, man. And that's the thing that, God darn it, I'm like, just play the game. I just know. play the game. The game, I, I guarantee you, no matter how smart people may think they are, the game will always take care of itself because natural competition will always take care of itself yeah. if you don't put too many rules on it. Yeah. Well, you were talking about how the, the hits and how hard they were. So this kind of leads into a really good question we had from an athletic trainer, uh, which was, uh, and again, this was a college student who she's studying athletic training. And she asked, um, she said, if I could ask Ray something, I'd like to know how long would it take his body to recover after a game? Man, that's, that's a great question. And what's interesting is, after most, after every game, most of the times I would always go work out. So I would get my soreness out kind of like immediately, whatever it is, unless I was dealing with like an injury that I needed to like just let sit. Um, but by that next morning, um, I, I, I would I would definitely be doing a lot of different things um, away from the game to make sure that my body was right. I mean, I would see chiropractors. I would see. I would I would try so many different things from the Epsom salt baths to the ice tub baths to to everything to massages two, three times a week to someone just purely just waking. I mean, just working on my just mental, my my everything. And so I don't I never stayed sore, honestly, probably past two days unless it was an injury. Now, okay. if it was an injury, that's something different. But past two days, I don't think I ever I ever was really sore because by Tuesday night, it was always my, my hardest nights to train going until Wednesday morning. So when I used to, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, like, and I really don't know the answer to this. So was it, were Thursday night games a part, when you first started in the league, did they have Thursday, were you playing Thursday hey, night games? No, no way. When, I don't remember when that, around about when that changed. I don't know either, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know either, bro. But I, you know, I just wish they listened to us as players a little bit more. You know, yeah, you can make money off those games. Yeah, people are gonna cheer, but for the players, for the longevity of a man's career, Doc, you can't play no game on a Sunday and turn right back around. And you asking me 
to be ready again on a Thursday. Right. The body don't respond that way. Right. You don't see you don't see boxers fighting on a Friday and then <laughs> fighting again on a Saturday. That's true. I and boxed. You, I used to box. You you're sore for so long after that. Because and this and it's the same hits that we're throwing, but most right. of the times with are full body hits. Mm-hmm. Right? And if it's not just full body hits, you falling on the turf, you get the turf hurting you the turf hurting you worse than the freaking player sometimes. But just <laughs> think about how the body doesn't recover, then you start to see the league and the game, you know, three years max, you know, I mean, you know, that's what these guys are are making it through three years. And but when you when you get away from the game, you know, what you start to see the most, you start to see the pains that they suffered, because the body never fully recovered. Mm. It's one thing I I tell younger guys, and younger guys won't do this, but they're not going to average eight to 10 hours of sleep. Like mm. like night before games, they may be getting four, five, six, maybe, mm. but they're not getting eight, nine, ten, and they don't know how to shut the body down and shut the shut the brain down and renew your entire body, and and that's what I think when you play in these Thursday night games. I think I don't care who wins. Yeah, you you you're gonna feel great morally in your head, but your body it's gonna take your body another 30 days man to totally be back to where it needs to be and you and you, and you don't have that much time right yeah. well i think i'm also picking up a subtle hint that you're telling me i need to go get my butt up and work out early tomorrow morning and don't let myself sit on this sore back <laughs> that's all i'm saying doc i'm saying you know what don't, don't, don't let pain don't let pain sometimes push you away from just going no you know? i'm going sometimes just keep going <laughs> I can't. I'm, go- I'm going. But I, but you also hit on something that I want to point out that's a really strong uh, psychological advice, which is to sleep in eight to ten hours. Um, oftentimes, people who, if you're out there and you're stressed and you're going through a tough time, a lot of times people are stressed because they're not allowing themselves to get enough sleep. And I think it's really important for people to re- recognize that if you're not getting sleep, you could be getting in arguments with your loved ones. All kind of stuff can happen. So what Ray's ta- what you're talking about right there is not just important for uh, with sports and the physical recover- recovery, but for the mental recovery as well. Sometimes we just need a really good night's sleep before we continue with a conversation like that. All right, so Doc, if you want- go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I would just say, I would just end it real quick. Because if you want to change your life, like really change your life, all you got to do is get eight to 10 hours of sleep. Mm. It'll change your life. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I uh, we, have, we have a really cool question here for you. And that question is this. If, and there's a reason for this question too, because I came up with this. If you had to get stuck in one play... For all time, what play would it be like? And this we can ask this throughout the podcast at different times, but today I'm asking it. So whatever play comes to your mind today, if you had to get stuck in one play in your career and play it over and over again for all time, what play do you think that might be? If I had to get stuck in one play? On loop. It was just on loop, and this is the moment that you're, you're in. Man, man, man. That's that's a lot of pressure, dog. It I is mean, that's a lot a- of pressure and you can answer it. There could be several like tomorrow you could ask a you, you could have a different one. Just I'm gonna give you a play. All right. Give you a play, and I don't want nobody to think that I'm just going away from it. But I'm gonna give you a play. 
that you can never draw up in a million years. We won the Super Bowl in 2012. And I walked off the field, Doc, and the confetti was dropped. And I walked down that podium after hosting the trophy. And, Doc, I found my mother. Mm. And if there was one play that was drew up, that I had a blitz directly headed to her. And I looked at her and I grabbed her by her face. And I told her, I said, baby, we done. Mm. I said, I ran my race. And I said, every day of it, every day of it was for you. Mm. And man, I gave my mother something that I, it's one, I'm telling that memory, that play, for it's a play for me because you can't draw it up. Yeah, man, and, and and it happened, and, and the picture was captured where I'm just holding her face, and she's holding up Isaiah 5417 that we had drew up because we knew the attacks was coming. And Isaiah 5417, it speaks, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hmm. And through all the things that my mom has been through and all the things we have been through in life, for me to walk off that stage and hold my baby and let her know that forget the critics, forget the haters, forget the doubters, forget all the people who ever hurt us. We did it. And guess what? We did it our way. Mm. It, there's no better play so I can remember in my career. You know? So beautiful. Yeah, you man. know, I had no idea what, what play, what you were coming up with, but that kind of even like just... I just need to sit with that for a minute because that's really a powerfully beautiful moment. And I can see yeah. why that would be the moment to last. So maybe even yeah. down the road, I'm not even sure you're going to top that one. I I had thrown that question in there because uh, Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher, once said, if you were stuck in the same moment for all eternity... Mm-hmm. Um, how would you respond to that moment differently over time? Now, you just shared an absolutely beautiful moment, but I thought maybe we could help our listeners see that let's say that they're angry with somebody and they're, they're, they're mad at somebody at work or in a family or whatever. And if you had to live out that moment of being angry with someone over and over again, don't you think on like the one millionth time that you would respond differently? And so I was in the prison the other day and I'm teaching this concept and I said, if we could, I get that you'd be mad. And this guy was telling me about a, uh, a, a fight he was in and he's swearing he was right about it and right about it. And I said, now let's talk about it over. This is the thousandth time you've been in the exact same moment. And because he was being real stubborn saying, no, there's nothing else I could have done differently. But when I finally hit it about being the thousandth time doing the same thing over and over again, he said, you know what? I would have walked away. And I said, that's the point. If, if in every moment of your life, if you had to live that moment forever, would you be doing what you want to be doing? And, and, and what's so amazing is the, the question, and this is like, I love it because I'm just firing these questions at you. But the moment you just picked, you would say, yes, I would be doing that. That'd be a heaven moment. That'd be a, yeah. I would be doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's a heaven moment. And, and, that's and, and a- moment yes and, moment. yes and for anybody out there struggling who's saying 
I, I wouldn't choose to live in this moment over and over again. I'd say, okay, you wouldn't. But if you're struggling in this particular moment, then think if you had to live it up for a thousand times, a million times, what would you do differently? And over time, you'd probably handle it differently. So just know that any problem, any struggles that you're encountering have a beginning, middle, and end, and that time will change it. And and I'd, I'd rely on the, rela- on the on the advice you gave earlier, which is go, 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 just go, be there, because I love that. I love that. So if you ever give yourself a vision before you start to chase something, nobody dictates if you reach it or not. Mm. It's only it's only how fast you get there. And man, I'm telling you, like people I want them to understand this that that when you have a vision, when you write a vision when and for me, I wrote every every Sunday. Sunday was Mother's Day, and when I used when I used to listen to the ignorance sometimes of people and the boldness to, to hide behind captions and pictures and all these things. And I used to always tell her, "Baby, we I promise you, we good. Mm. I will never respond to ignorance or people or people speaking ignorance." So that moment, that moment proves to me that. When someone knows you, when someone loves you, mm. when someone understands you, man, you ain't got to prove it to the world. Just prove it to that person. Mm. And that's then that's been my vision my entire life, Doc, mm. is making that woman, my mother, so happy and mm. so proud because nobody has to tell our story. We know our story. We yes. lived it. And now that one play, that one moment, forever. Guess what, Doc? The beautiful part about it, the game ended. But I keep, I, I now I, I still have the ability to create that play in so many diff- different areas of life. Yes. And and that's what makes that play magical because it keeps me motivated to always be the man that I am. People always say, "Why you say yes, sir? No, sir? Yes, ma'am?" Because the way my mother raised me. If you're an elder of mine, I owe you that respect. Yes. It's simple. It's simple. And that woman, you know, men don't, I think men don't understand sometimes mothers, hard mothers, they hard, but it's what they're trying to teach us that sooner or later, one day in life, you're going to say, I finally get what mama was telling me. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I love it. I, you know, in, in Mark Twain said, from the time I was 17 to the time I was 21, I can't believe how much my father learned. <laughs> he, he just realized that he had, because he, became, he got the awareness. You know, this this is one of really just a super fun day. And we're talking about some really fun stuff. But in the middle of talking about all this fun stuff, like we got some really, really great lessons. You gave some jewels today. Uh, what stood out to me as we wind this thing down is this, that idea of be there, like go, 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 just go. And then just effort and then just be there, like be there because the next plays come and look wherever you are in your life, whatever's happening, the next plays coming. So we don't want to spend too much time on the play before. Let's get ready for the next play. But what kind of, uh, what kind of sign off you want to give everybody for today from this, Ray? You know what? I tell you what, Doc, I'm going to leave people with this. You know, no matter how bad it may seem, no matter how big or long the storm, if you can see yourself 
through it, then it's always passing by. And I learned that in 1998, chasing Metcalf down. Hmm. And you know what I appreciated the most? I appreciated him making the play. Because if he did, if he never made the play, I never had nobody to chase. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's awesome yeah. because that means, like, that's the vision right there. If you can appreciate the obstacles that are in front of you right now and realize they're shaping you into becoming the person that you're destined to become, man, that's going to be something. Hey, this is awesome. I know that I'm going to go lift tomorrow because there's no way in the world I am going to be calling you and telling you I didn't lift tomorrow. So that just motivated me. (laughs) And for all you listeners out there, thank you for downloading the Tackling Life podcast today. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll get two all new episodes automatically downloaded every week. And please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by going to our iTunes page and giving us a rating and a review. For more Tackling Life content, go to RayLewis.com and DrChristianConti.com. Plus, you'll find us on Facebook. Until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.